Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. And I would say this, welcome to 2023. We're going to be talking about the attributes of Christ. And our reading today is from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Here's what it says. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You know, the Holy Scriptures clearly shows us Christ's attributes. We can certainly break down and make about 20 or 30 attributes of Christ right off the top of our head about how wonderful He is. However, we're going to focus on four main categories that are directly attributed to Christ. So let's zoom out and look at the big picture. We're going to be talking about omniscience, which means He's all-knowing, omnipotence, which is all-powerful, and omnipresence, which is He's everywhere, and Jesus' ascension. That's how we're kind of finish out the story today. Well, let's talk about omniscience and, and what is that. According to Christ's human nature, he has received infinite wisdom and knowledge. The Holy Spirit was given to the human nature of Jesus Christ without measure, as we just read in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. I like what John 3.34 says. He says, For he is sent by God, he speaks God's words, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. There is no limit to his vast knowledge. I want you to listen to the next three verses because they are one of the most insightful verses I've ever read. And here's how it goes in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deepest secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. We can know God's deepest secrets. That's what he's telling us. And how do we do that? By accepting him letting him into our life, receiving God's spirit. And he says, what I'll do for an exchange is give you my deepest secrets. He's going to cause you to understand them. The Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom in Luke 2.52. In addition to increased wisdom, he grew in stature and favor with God and all the people. Again, Scripture reminds us of the infinite knowledge which is communicated to Christ's human nature in Colossians 2, verses 2 through 3. Let's talk about omnipotent. According to Christ's human nature, he has received this divine omnipotence. Look at Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. He really explains it well. It says, As my visions continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. We look at Matthew eleven twenty-seven. 27. It says, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the sons except the Father. And no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. 
this is powerful. Uh, this is full of wonders and powers that God can do and that Jesus has received. We look at Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's crystal clear. Hebrews 2.8 says, you gave them authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. There's good reference in John 3.35, 13.3, and Isaiah 9.6. There's things that Jesus could do that nobody else could do. Jesus could heal the sick. We read that in Matthew 4.23, in Mark 1.34, and Luke 4.40. He could cast out devils in Luke 4.41 and Luke 11.14. He raised the dead in John 5.21 and chapter 12, verse 1. He performed all miracles which, according to prophecy of the Messiah, he was to accomplish. We read that in Isaiah 35, verse 4 through 6, in chapter 61, verses 1 through 2, and Luke 4, verses 17 through 21. Let's take a look at Matthew 11, verses 4 through 6. And these are worth reading. Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. This really demonstrates his power and his authority. Christ does have omnipotence, also according to his human nature, which clearly shows that this divine property was given to him as the Son of Man. John 5, 26 through 27 and Matthew 16, verse 27. And when you look at Luke 22, verse 69, it says this, but from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the place of power at God's right hand. Daniel 7 verses 13 through 14 and Colossians 2 verses 9 is another good reference. Now let's talk about him being omnipresence. His omnipresence is a presence of both in place and in time. Psalms 139 indicates that God is present in every place. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and so he is in every location. He is also the creator of time, the one without the beginning or the end. Psalms 139.16 really stands out to me and also verse 7. It says this, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And when you look at verse 7, it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. He is omnipresent, folks. The Holy Scriptures ascribes to Christ's human nature not only omniscience and omnipotence, but also omnipresence. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, and verse 20, Jesus emphasizes, Be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Ephesians 1, verses 20 through 23 is a great reference, but let's read Ephesians 4:10. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. He's everywhere. That's what it's trying to explain. Here is a couple of scriptures that Jesus is omnipresent for future reference. John 1.14, John 3.13, and Colossians 2.9, 1 
really says that for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. In his book, Christian Dogmatics, John Theodore Mueller says this concerning Christ's omnipresence. As the human nature received divine omniscience and omnipotence in the first moment of the personal union, so also divine omnipresence. This does not mean that the human nature through the personal union lost its natural properties in such a manner that the body of Christ ceased to be in a particular place. For the omnipresence of the human nature was not physical, diffusive, expansive, gross, local, corporal, or divisible, but divine and supernatural. I love the way he words that. Interesting enough, though, we notice that Jesus' body can do things that ours cannot do. For example, Jesus walked on water, Matthew 14, verses 22 through 27. We use boats or water skis, but we're not going to walk on water. After the resurrection, Jesus vanished before the disciples' eyes on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24, verse 35. Well, we can use our television for people to appear before us or Zoom uh, to communicate via a live broadcast, but we can also make them disappear, can't we? Jesus appears to the apostles while the doors were locked. We read that in Luke 24, verse 36 through 43, and John 20, verses 19 through 23. Jesus reassures the disciples that he is not a ghost when he appears to them after his resurrection. In Luke 24, 36 through 43, great scripture, it says, And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? He asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate as they watched. He was living proof. Jesus' ascension now is really important. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of God, we read that in Mark 16, 19 and Luke 24, verses 50 through 51. And in Acts chapter one, verses six through nine, he didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He is with us. It's clear in Acts. In Isaiah 7:14, he is with us in word and sacraments, the Lord's Supper and baptism. When scriptures speak of the right hand of God, it is not a place, but a power. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Read that in Ephesians 4, verses 9 through 10. Here are more scriptures to show that the right hand of God is not a place or a power. You can catch more of this in Psalms 18, verse 35 and 44, verse 3, Psalm 63, verse 8, Psalms 108, verse 6, and 1 Corinthians 15, verses 25 and 27, and Hebrews 2, verses 7 through 8. Notice what Paul says of Christ after 
charging Timothy. We read this in 1 Timothy 6, verses 13 through 16. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey the command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him, no human's eyes has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. He is ascended, but yet he lives amongst us, and yet he's even in the sacraments as we take the bread and the wine like we like to do in church. It's not only that we're doing it symbolically, we really aren't. What it is is saying that Christ is present. He is with us when we're there taking the sacrament. Christ says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with us. A great thinker was asked, what is the meaning of life? And he replied, life itself has no meaning. It's an opportunity to create a meaning. If we understand the meaning of Christmas or the meaning of Christ's birth, then we have a clearer picture and meaning for our purpose in life. And that is to love Christ alone and remember him when taking the sacraments and understanding the purpose and meaning of his omnipresence. You have a blessed day.